0: Pro Talk with ProTech. Digging deep to learn the stories, lessons, and accomplishments of experts in the real estate industry.
1: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Today we get to meet top real estate agent Lauren Donnelly with Donnelly Properties at Compass Real Estate. It's so nice to see you, Lauren. Thanks for being here today.
0: Nice to see you too, Lexi. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So just to get things started, let's hear a little bit more about you. How long have you been in real estate and how did you end up an agent?
0: Sure. I I um, I joined. I w- I became a realtor in 2013 and I started out part-time with the full intention to move over to full-time, but I was working for the federal government at that time. And I really wanted to make sure that I liked real estate and was successful at it before giving up that very secure job that I actually really did like a lot as well, so. Okay,
1: so you've been, you got into it in 2013. What started your, like, what sparked your interest in real estate? Like, was there someone else that you knew that, or had you already always kind of had, like, an idea of going into real estate, or why did you decide to join?
0: Well, um, I had purchased my own home in 2009, and I think a lot of people, do find the experience pretty fun and positive of like going and looking at houses. And, um, and I I just, I got really drawn to it. And so I started thinking about it more and more because my, my job, while I believed very deeply in the mission, it wasn't something that I realized I was having a lot of satisfaction with on a day-to-day basis. And so Uh, it made me realize I needed to probably find something else. And so the question was like, am I going to kind of try to go to another government agency or another, um, another job within the agency to try to really capture the things that interest me? And ultimately in going through all of these like soul searching questions, I ended up kind of remembering how much I enjoyed real estate and really curious about what it might mean to be a realtor. So the very first person I called was, two people, was uh, a men- two mentors of mine. One um, is in real estate still to this day, and he was my realtor. And the second person I called was somebody who works for um, the commercial side. <clears throat> and so from there, I ended up being put in contact with a lot of other agents and just really learning about what is it like to be a realtor? Um, what does it take to be good at it? And then, you know, I decided, all right, so I've kind of taken that step. And the next step is take the licensing class. And, and if I like that, then I'll keep moving along. And, you know, I actually, even though it's generally a pretty boring subject matter, I actually had a lot of fun in licensing class. And in fact, I actually work with a couple of the people that were in my class now. So mm-hmm. that's really fun. Um, and then, you know, one thing led to another. I started running my business and realized that I was actually really good at it and um, was able to work at night and on the weekends to kind of have a few sales, save up some money. And once I felt that I had enough of a pipeline and enough money saved up, I was comfortable quitting my government job and moving over to full-time self-employment
1: yeah that's got to be really scary i mean you know luckily you were able to kind of do it for a little bit part-time and still but still making the jump from such a secure thing to something that solely relied on you and your performance um had to be pretty tough
0: yeah yeah i mean i am not somebody that makes decisions quickly and lightly so um i remember at one point my dad had said to me what? I can't believe you're leaving your job. This is so unlike you. And I'm like, actually, it's very like me. Like I've done all the things I've made sure that I'm going to be okay here. Right. So right. I'm very comfortable in leaving. Right. And ultimately well, this- I knew it would, that I would be happy doing it. And and I've been right. Thankfully. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a really good area to um, be in real estate. Have you always lived in the DC metro area Are you originally from here?
0: No, I'm from Pennsylvania and I moved here after college and I've been here ever since. So I started out in Arlington and then when I bought in 09, it was in DC and I've been in DC ever since. So.
1: Okay. Awesome. So that kind of leads me into my next question, which are, um, what neighborhoods do you find yourself most frequently in? Is there any specific area that you are more commonly working in?
0: So I think it's pretty natural to work predominantly where you live. Mm -hmm. Um, But my business is, at this point, nearly 100% referral and sphere based. And so I end up actually kind of working anywhere, because I'm licensed in DC, Maryland and Virginia. And since I started my life off in Virginia, I have a lot of Virginia friends. And then I think, um, people that are kind of in DC often end up going to Maryland because a lot of parts of Maryland are quite a bit more affordable than the near in parts of, of Virginia. And so, um, I do a fair amount of work in Maryland too. So I basically go where my, my clients go and and that's the way I like it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty common in this area since it is kind of, we're all, you know, the tri city area, it's yeah. easy to travel, you know, back and forth. Um, yeah.
0: And I mean, ultimately, you need to do the market research in any market segment you're in, even if it's my own neighborhood. If I were to write an offer or list a property next door to me, I would still do all of the research just as though, uh, you know, I might be able to kind of spout something off in my mind. like, go, oh, I think it's worth this much a lot easier, but I would still go back and do the research to make sure that I wasn't wrong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Double check yourself, especially yeah. since things can change so drastically. Exactly. That's a good point. Um, for just like a little bit of a fun question, what's the craziest thing that you've ever seen, uh, in a house, even personally, or while you're showing houses or listing houses?
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I can't say I've seen it all because my friend had a real estate bingo on her Facebook once and it had, you know, 16 or 25 things that, you know, you've seen in a house or that you've had happen to me. And she, she had almost all of them happen and I haven't yet. Um, She's been in it for like 30 years, um, but I have seen a lot of things and I mean, I've seen a Chucky doll. Um, I've seen, I think the the, the craziest and, and a bit sad is to see when people basically have left what looks like their, their life behind mm. and just kind of moved on. That's always a little bit sad or disturbing because it, you just wonder like what happened, in that situation. Why, why would they leave a journal or their teddy bear or whatever have you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So do you find that when, um, when you run into these different cert- situations, um, and you kind of are seeing different, uh, unique or crazy things in houses, like do typically that deter people from buying the house or a lot of times do people still kind of go forward with it?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I think people can usually look past that if it's what they want. So in the case of a home, where people have kind of just it seems like they've left behind their belongings those tend to be homes in in pretty bad shape and so what i've found is a lot of at least my clients because i'm not really working so much with developers as much as i'm working with people that envision living there it's hard to kind of get past the amount of work usually required for homes like that but for something like the chucky doll i mean you just kind of have to laugh it off and move on if it's really if the house checks all the boxes right
1: right yeah absolutely um, so to get a little bit more into the process, if I'm buying a home, uh, what would you say the most important thing that I need to know would
0: be? So I think the most important thing that you should, you need to know when buying a home is that you need to have somebody on your side, right? It's a complicated process and there's a lot of intricacies. So if you don't have somebody that you trust and that is going, that you feel very confident will be guiding you through and giving you the right information at the right time, and really being able to make you feel comfortable, then I think that's a problem. So that would to me be the the most important thing is a trusted ally in the process.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces. So it's good mm-hmm. to have someone that knows what those pieces are to so make sure you're doing all the right things.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Absolutely. Um, on the flip side, if I'm, and I'm sure this kind of goes along with it, but maybe there's something else. Um, if I'm the seller, if I want to, you know, put my house on the market, is there something, you know, what would be the most important thing that I need to prepare for before putting my house on the market?
0: Yeah. So two things there and they're I think equally important curb appeal and decluttering. Hmm. If you do nothing else, those are the two things that one should do before selling their home. Now, of course, you can do those things, you can paint, you can stage, you can do all the right things. And if you don't have somebody that knows how to market your home properly, Mm -hmm. starting with advice on the things you should do and secondarily, but yet just as important, taking professional imagery of the property, it's not going to shine in its best light and you're not going to get as many people coming through the door and less people through the door means less offers or Mm -hmm. less likely to sell.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great point, um, especially when you talk about imagery, because especially, you know, in today's day and age, um, I'm sure that people are, you know, if the, if the pictures don't look good, I'm not even going to waste my time. I don't want to leave my house and have to go into a stranger's house if the pictures aren't even appealing. So I think that especially right now, Um, pictures can go a long way because they can get a really good feel for the house before having to take the next steps to go see it. So that's a really good point.
0: Exactly. It's like the movie preview, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So talk to me a little bit about what the current market is like and how would I know when the best time to either buy or sell would be?
0: Mm -hmm. The current market is very, very interesting because we're seeing kind of a, dichot- a dichotomy between condos and single families or fee simple homes. So condos have become very sluggish. In some places the market feels like it's almost dried up overnight and it's very challenging to predict which markets that's happened ha- would have have happened in or, or what which ones it's happening in especially because of the election, because of COVID, because of I think a lot of people being out of town, especially my theory is younger folks are most likely the ones who have maybe picked up because they've got a little bit more flexibility. And maybe they've gone visited relatives or friends or whomever, and they're just they're not in town anymore. Um, On the other hand, there's plenty of people who want more space right now. So the More space is the suburbs. We're still seeing a very strong market in fee simple in DC as well. Um, Multiple offers, contingency free offers, the gamut of it, it, it's pretty crazy. So, um, you know, every situation is different but those are kind of the two dichotomies I'm seeing. In regards to when the best time to buy or sell is, I don't believe in trying to time the market. I can tell you in general in the winter you're more likely to possibly not have to compete as much on a home or maybe to get a slightly better deal on a home. But if you look at pricing trends across a year, multiple years, unlike in the rental market, you don't generally see a dip in pricing in the winter time. However, as I said, if you're likely to get a deal, it's most likely to be during, I would say the period from around now, Thanksgiving on through the new year. Yeah. So it's really Um,
1: important. Go
0: ahead. Yeah. Sorry to, to finish that thought though, regarding, you know, so what I would say is if you're the best time to buy or to sell is, is when it works for you. Right. Um, If I were to say, put myself in in a situation and I have a home I need to sell right now, if it's going to be vacant and I'm deciding to sit on it vacant Meaning, I probably have mortgage. At the minimum, I have tax expenses and, and utilities until the spring market, because I think the spring market's going to be better. Well, there's a probably a pretty big cost to holding on to something for for five, six months. Um, and conversely, if you if the time is now, if if your situation is that you need a new home now, or you um, find something you really love now. Then I think that's the right time. I don't really believe that um, unless you're looking at it straight as an investment, I don't think that timing the market is something that realistically one should be overly concerned with.
1: Right. And I think it's um, that kind of touches back on why it's so important to have someone that's on your side um, and a professional who does watch the market and understand trends and things of that nature. Um, and another point is, is, you know, your point to that the best time is what works for you. The benefit of this area is that the market generally stays pretty steady, even in the slower months. Um, so it's kind of nice because you do have a little bit more flexibility to really buy or sell, you know, when it works for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because in the slower months, there might be less people out, but there also are less, homes for sale because if as a seller you can wait until the spring say you're living there and you're just going to kind of trying to decide when you should start your home sale process if you can wait until the spring you're going to wait till the spring right right so only the people that kind of need to be on the market tend to be on in the kind of the the beginning of the winter months
1: yeah absolutely um How would you, you you mentioned a couple of times about just, you know, the interesting market that we have, especially in different areas and whatnot. And one of the things you touched on was multiple contract situations. Um, When you're in those situations, how would you prevail something like that? Or how would you go about uh, handling a situation like that?
0: Right. So, so those are very tricky. Um, But I always advise my clients on pieces that they can do on, on the, that kind of the, walking through all the different contingencies and items that they can do to make their sale as competitive as possible. And every situation is different. So you have to really understand what the seller wants to. So, But generally speaking, sellers want a quick close. They may or may not want a rent back. You can make your earnest money deposit strong, um, <clears throat> which goes to your down payment ultimately. And then there's the removal of contingencies. So many people will remove the financing contingency or the appraisal contingency. And we have to really talk through your individual circumstance to see whether or not that makes sense for you because there is a risk to it. And one of the probably simplest things you can do, which doesn't require a ton of risk to you is to do a pre-inspection. So that way you don't have to have an inspection contingency on your home purchase contract and But it still fully protects you, meaning you've had the ability to investigate the property and make sure it's something that you're willing to purchase.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And maybe you can feel a little bit more comfortable going in and waiving some of those other contingencies. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Especially that home that uh, home inspection contingency.
1: Right. Absolutely. Good point. Um so with all of these different moving pieces there's a lot going on here. What would you say your favorite thing about this industry and do you prefer working with buyers over sellers, vice versa, or is there something specific that you just absolutely love about this industry?
0: So I think the thing I love about the industry is kind of the industry as a whole, like in and of itself. Um First of all, there are so many wonderful people in this industry and I'm a people person. So I love that I get a lot of really lovely interactions and conversations throughout the course of my day or week. And, but what the, in regards to the industry itself it's always, there's always, there's never the same thing happening. Like no day is ever the same and every situation is different. And so it really always creates these constant challenges and opportunity for growth and for learning. And if it didn't have that, I would be very bored. I thrive on change and learning and um, kind of diversity of my day. And so I'm very appreciative of that. In regards to whether I prefer to work with buyers or sellers, I think there's really wonderful things about working with both. So helping that first time home buyer accomplish such a, what feels to them as it did to me the first time I bought a property as this monumental task, i mean most likely the most expensive thing you've ever bought in your life and and maybe will. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for some people they'll one and done, right? that they um there's such a level of satisfaction knowing that i've helped somebody achieve their goal and did it so that they had a positive experience. and on the other hand, working with sellers um it kind of enables that nerdy research side of me to come out because I'm able to do the comp analysis and really dig into what what's going on in the market. It's a lot of interpretation and kind of guesswork, but I really enjoy that. And it, it kind of satisfies the aspect that I, I miss from my prior job of, of analyzing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and also with sellers, it's a little easier to control your schedule. So. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I think kind of touching back on your first point, the diversity in it explains why you kind of, you have different reasons for liking to work with both, you know, buyers and sellers. Yeah. I'm um, just the diversity of it. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about, um, a really challenging time for you and how you overcame it. And this could be personally or even professionally.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, the, Probably the most challenging time of my, I mean, not probably, definitely the most challenging time of my life was three years ago. Um, My dad was diagnosed with leukemia and he ended up passing away a lot faster than we expected. And um, it was, I was in such a good trajectory for my business. Uh, I had just hired an assistant when he was diagnosed And I, you know, I was expecting to have some major growth in my business, both, you know, supported by and because of my assistant, um, enabling me to free up to do things to build the business, right? Um, But I I got so distracted by by his illness, and then, of course, his death, that um, it really set me back a lot. And... um, So it, it affected me professionally in a very big way as well, um, to the point where I had to let my assistant go because I didn't have enough money to pay her. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was, uh, in terms of overcoming it, um, it was challenging, but I knew that what I needed was just a little bit of time to kind of heal. And, um, thankfully I'm a very positive person and I, I like to stay busy, Um, So I just kind of let myself be in a space where I was busy, but not too busy. um, And I just sought out things that brought me joy. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of spending time one-on-one with friends. Um, I, you know, hiking and, and going and exploring, going to museums, things that I had wanted to do in the D.C. area for years and years when they'd ask me if I wanted to hang out, I would say, yeah, do you want to go do this? And we, you know, it was so joyful and really ultimately um, it kind of reaches back to the fact that I want my business to be based on by my current sphere, my, my friends, my family, and people that they refer me to. And so I, it kind of was this beginning of reminding myself that I can have a business like that and I can still, so my business and my personal do intertwine. And, and that's why I, one of the things I love about my job Mm -hmm. is that I get to, you know, every time I go out with a friend, that's a buyer, it's like uninterrupted time. I get to spend with them. I mean, it's not purely social, right. But it's more, excuse me. It's more than I normally would get to spend with any one person. So it's really fun a good way to reconnect sometimes with people I haven't talked to in a few years as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And your clients can become your friends too, which is, which is nice. And then, you know, especially during, during those challenging times, it's a way that you can, you know, continue working, but also you're enjoying life and appreciating your relationships and people, which I think is so important.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, insane I'm I mean I you know the human brain is so capable but I would be sitting there at one moment sobbing my eyes out in the next moment picking up the phone and, and doing business and like who is this dr. <laughs> dr Jekyll and mr Hyde like it's so weird but it's just the human spirit and is so resilient mm-hmm. um in in the fact that you're able to compartmentalize when necessary to to do the things you need to do okay maybe I wasn't doing a lot to drum up future business. Right. But I was, at least I was able to take care of the business I had to, and it, it felt so weird, but, um, but yeah, so then it was the, the drumming up business that I just didn't have it in me for a while. And that's, that's why I ended up um, having, you know, a drop in business, but, you know, as I said, my business did start to regain um, momentum and uh, I'm very happy with it right now. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, I think too, you know, hats off to you. Cause a lot of times people go through challenging times and they just dive fully into work or something like that. And I think it is good to, you know, separate the two while also continuing to move forward because it is important to feel your feelings and go through yeah. that motion of it too, you know, and if you didn't go through it this year, while it was all happening, you know, it would have came out eventually. And so I think it's right. smart that you kind of took some time for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. It would have come out eventually and probably (laughs) not in a positive way. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay. So tell me something that most people don't know about you, any hobbies or fun facts?
0: Well, I think I like most people out there love to travel. Um, I, I really love to travel and surprisingly not having been able to do that much of it. Isn't, isn't bothering me too much because of COVID. Um, but I think in part that's because we've been taking a lot of road trips to Mm -hmm. little day trips, or we went up to Vermont into New York this summer and we're about to go to Florida in our car. So, um, long, long trips in the car, but it's fun to explore along the way too. Um, I think something that people don't know, many people don't know about me is that I actually speak Spanish and I know that's not some crazy fact that, um, one would be also terribly surprised to hear, but with a last name like Donnelly and knowing I grew up in Pennsylvania, it's not necessarily, people are surprised often yeah. when they realize that I can speak Spanish though. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, are you currently reading any books, listening to any podcasts or how do you generally like to gain new knowledge?
0: So I'm a big audio listener for nonfiction. I just can't seem to get myself all the way through any nonfiction book while reading it. But if you put it in audio fashion, I'm, you know, I'm all over that. I love listening in the morning while I'm getting ready. Uh, however, I am currently reading a book called Atomic Habits. It's by James Clear. And I'm only about 50 pages into it, but it's it's pretty cool so far. It's, it's talking about how habits occur and what we can do to kind of make sure our habits are positive. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's, you know, something that you want to do, right? Um, and then otherwise, I also do like to read, but mostly fiction, as I mentioned, kind right. of a, a good little escape. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, just kind of side note, which I think is so funny. So Atomic Habit, that book, um, literally this morning in my my team's Slack channel, um, someone had recommended that book to someone else. Um, and I was responding back So I kind of thought it was interesting. And now it's coming up again. Um, I just started a book that's called The Power of Habit. Okay. So I just thought it was weird that like that was in Slack and other people are talking about it. And now I'm reading a book and you're reading the same book they're, they're reading. So something with, something with creating new habits, there's something there we all need to focus on. right Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think if you are one that's, that's focused on personal growth, all this stuff is not new, right? You're not going to hear anything that's earth shattering but it's a reinforcement of ideas and you're always going to get something even you could read the same book five times and you would get something different out of it every time so so far I'm enjoying it it was it was written in or copyrighted 2018 so it's not brand new so it's interesting that you heard somebody else mention it today
1: yeah yeah of interesting i will i'll have to check it out too then (laughs) um okay is there anything new or fun that you've been wanting to try or get into during these last uh several months or anything new that you have started doing
0: so i guess i'll call myself out here and maybe this will get me to be accountable to it i've always wanted to play the piano okay and in the beginning of the year i started taking lessons And then I just totally dropped the ball on it. And it wasn't even that I started during COVID. I actually started it like in January. Um, So I think that that's something that I do want to get myself back into, especially in the winter where I envision that things will be a bit more quiet. Um, There won't be as much to do, even as there has been. Not that there's been a ton to do, but um, socially, because... We're not really I'm I don't envision doing much indoor interacting with people, unfortunately, so it'll be a good chance to to buckle down on learning a little bit of piano, just just enough to play a few tunes, maybe some holiday tunes.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have a piano at your house that you can practice? We do. Yeah. Okay.
0: Awesome. And my daughters are in lessons. So, um, okay. they're, they're, they're vastly surpassing my music knowledge because I did play an instrument, several instruments growing up. So I, I generally know how to read music and such, but I'm very rusty.
1: <laughs> well, you can practice with them. Then, then it can be family bonding as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, where do you, where do you see yourself in the next five years?
0: So, In the next five years, I envision that I will still very much be a realtor. Um, I think that I will be looking probably to see what is kind of next, um, how to maybe transition some of my knowledge into another experience. So, and and that's really what I, one of the things I love about this industry is there's, there's so many aspects of it, for example, um, there's the policy aspect of it. There's the um, being a realtor. There's the growing of a team or being a sales manager. So I don't, I, I envision that I'll still be in sales, but I probably by that point, we'll have gained the courage to hire another assistant and hopefully a buyer agent or two um, to help me make sure that I can grow my business and help more people along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good goal. Um, let's say I'm your
1: next prospective client. Why should I call you?
0: Well, you hopefully got my name from a friend or a colleague of yours who worked with me. And so you already know that I'm going to make sure you have a great real estate experience. And I would say that's why you should call me because ultimately it's something i care very deeply about and i've kind of made it my mission to make sure that processes go as smoothly as possible for my clients it's not to say there will never be an issue but the way i make sure that things are smooth are by setting expectations so and communicating so that's why i think you should call me absolutely
1: and tell us how we can best reach you phone number email are you on social media or what's the best way to reach out to you
0: yes My phone number is 610-349-0884. And yes, that's a Pennsylvania number. I've never changed it. And it's led to a lot of really fun and interesting conversations with people that recognize it or vice versa. My email is lauren at donnellyproperties.com. And that's D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. And my social media, I do have a social, a Facebook um, a business Facebook page, and that's Lauren Donnelly Realtor. And then I have a business Instagram account at Lauren Sells DMV for DC, Maryland, Virginia. And um, I, you know, you can find my testimonials online as well. I'm on Yelp and Zillow and realtor.com, Facebook, et cetera. Awesome.
1: Quick side note too, I still have an Ohio number as well Uh so i i know that my my husband's always like can you change your number already like you live here and i'm like i'm not changing it i refuse to change it
0: (laughs) too many people have it
1: (laughs) well thank you so much lauren i
0: really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me thanks lexi it was nice seeing you and talking to you thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of pro talk with pro tech Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow ProTech Inspection Services on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn.